You're listening to the Platte River Bard. This time on the Platte River Bard, we speak with Raphael Untelan. Raphael is an actor, director, and assistant professor of practice in acting at the Johnny Carson School of Theater and Film. He is also the director of Sense and Sensibility at the Nebraska Repertory Theater that runs from September 28th to October 7th. For tickets, go to nebraskarep.org. And now, on to our talk with Raphael. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Platte River Bard. This is Chris Berger. And I'm Sherry Berger. And we are here today with Raphael Antelan. He is the assistant professor of practice in acting over there in Lincoln at the university. And he is also the director of the upcoming play, Sense and Sensibility. It's a newer adaptation, and we're going to ask him about it and about the whole play and maybe a little bit about what he does there, because he is a professor. At the Nebraska Repertory Theater. <laughs> exactly, and this is all happening at the Johnny Nebraska Carson. Repertory Theater. But he is an assistant professor and practice at acting at the Johnny Carson School of Theater and Film. Thank Welcome. you, sir. It's all true. It's, it's all, all true. true. The vicious Welcome. rumors are true. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us, sir. Thank you Absolutely. very much. Absolutely. My pleasure. My pleasure. I'm yes. happy to be here. Thank you. So you've been working hard on sensibility. Yes. yes. So hard. <laughs> so hard. So many hours. I live I live in this one block radius, yes. it seems to me. Oh, it's that, it's, right. Yes, it's that yeah. time. <laughs> it's that time of the process, right? We're knee-deep in tech. Are you? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And how long have you been at, at Nebraska Rep? And I, I've been, I got here, gosh, let's see. I interviewed, it's so crazy. <laughs> I interviewed for the job um, in February. Well, no, wait, I got offered, I got interviewed for the job in 2019, like December of 2019. Okay. And I meditated on it over the, over the course of the um, holidays with my wife. And then in January, we thought, okay, let's do this. And in February, I came out to to Lincoln. February 2020, came out to Lincoln mm. to go. All right, let me let me investigate this new area. And then, of course, the pandemic hit, and yes. all hell broke loose. Yes. So we, my moved my my family, my wife and two kids, um, in in the gosh, in June. Mm. Of 2020 in the thick of the pandemic, mm. so it was a nutty time. To wow. So, long story short, I, uh, this is the beginning of my fourth year of teaching okay. at UNL. Yeah, oh, and this wow. is the first full production that I'm, I'm directing here. Oh, nice at Nebraska Rep. Because you've directed all over. Looking at your bio, you've been able to be all over the United States doing things. Well, I mean, I, I'm I'm principally an actor. Yes. And yeah. that that's been the foundation of my career. So, yeah, I mean, as as a as a consequence of that. One of the things I love about being a regional theater actor is that you get to see so much of the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and um, you yeah. know, find new homes and new communities all over. For yeah. sure. Um, yeah, cuz you've been, I mean, I to sit here and list all this is going to take a while. Dude, you've been all over the country uh, doing acting in regional theater and and other theaters as well as a professional actor. Um, what uh, Now, uh, I saw that you, uh, the, the, the Very Hungry Caterpillar that you directed. Yeah, the Very up? Hungry Caterpillar show. Yeah. Yes, it was, it's, it was up for a Helen Hayes Award. Has that happened mm. yet? Oh, yes, that happened back in, that happened right before the pandemic. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, excellent. Yeah. What a fun show. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a wonderful show. Very hungry. <laughs> Puppets galore. Yeah, see. Puppets, Puppets galore. And they're yes. bringing it back at Imagination Stage. This is the Imagination Stage, which is in yes. Rockville. Was it? No, it's Bethesda, Maryland, just outside of Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah, it's Bethesda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I love I love puppet theater. I enjoy it. Yes, of he does. All different really, varieties and stuff. I really, really am just completely fascinated by it. <laughs> mm. But Lot, there, so many puppets. There are no puppets in Sense and Sensibility. She keeps I was on okay. a Jane story. Aren't the there? Are you sure there aren't any puppets? <laughs> uh, see, are you sure? We are there might be. director here. <laughs> you, there might be. There might be puppets. I'm just that would saying. Be cool. Who knows? Right. One of the sisters <laughs> is now a puppet. <laughs> it's just that's just gonna, well, and nobody uh, makes reference a, to it it just is <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'll, I'll let you wonder you just have to come and find out right. if Eleanor or Marianne are puppets that's right one of them I opened we, Pandora's we don't know. box and it's just one of those happened. things <laughs> it was a choice he made <laughs> Sorry. I don't think I've seen uh, a version of this I think there's a movie out there of it, maybe, but I don't think I've seen that one. Of Sense of Sensibility? It, uh, yeah. Uh, this I mean, version? Or, or, no, okay. no. I mean, you can obviously you can Google it on you or go to YouTube and, and look. And you'll yeah. see various clips of various productions. But I want to say it was 2016. Is that right? It might have been earlier than that. Okay. I know that this is Kate Hamill's first adaptation of of a Jane Austen, and of then Jane she Austen. did Pride and Prejudice after that. Okay. But um, yeah. Um, I guess uh, what do I want to say? My, I was just telling this story earlier because somebody asked me why Jane Austen, why Sense and Sensibility, and um, yeah, I was well. I saw the nineteen was a ninety five or ninety six version of Sense and Sensibility. Ang Lee was the director. Yes, and it was Emma Th- Emma Thompson and Kate Winslet mm-hmm. and um, Alan Rickman. Yes. among others, were in this production. And I had no interest at all in Jane Austen. But my girlfriend, you know, was classic. She dragged me to this. You're going to love this. Um, okay, fine. I'll go see this sappy romance. And then I went. I always remember holding the tub of popcorn. <laughs> and it, it was, I started eating, you know, you started eating in previews because we didn't have all those previews back then. But anyway. Yes. Um, right. I, I just became enthralled yeah. um, with the the beauty and the sensitivity and the simplicity of, of the story. I always love stories which are, um, what, at the root of it is, how do we, the heart wants what the heart wants. Mm-hmm. Yes. And in this society and Regency era, uh, England, the, there are hard social norms and very strict rules of decorum and comportment, and the the sense of class is baked into their culture, and it, that's reflected in in Jane Austen's work and faithfully reflected in in Kate Hamill's adaptation of it. And I'm always so I'm always interested in w- stories of w- how do people. How does the heart deal with that? Mm-hmm. How do we how do we deal? How does the how does how does love survive in the face of these social constraints? And um, and additionally, um, 
I'm often drawn to stories in which a parent dies. And I guess that's because my, my dad died when I was three years old. And so I'm often Sorry to hear that. kind of um, intrigued by those stories. What, do th- what does the family do yeah. in the face of loss? And how do they carry on in the face of loss? And in this case, it's, you know, it, it, there's always a softening and a vulnerability that comes with, with, um, with loss. And it, and it tends to open us up to love, which is what happens with the Dashwood sisters. And yes. I think so kind of beautifully, di- very distinctly drawn different characters, this the very reasonable, um, practical, um, restrained Eleanor the sense mm-hmm. of sense and sensibility, and yeah. then the passionate, emotional, defiant sensibility <laughs> of, uh, of Marianne yeah. and how those two sisters who are bound up in this relationship of, of complete, um, of, of unconditional love, how do they deal with their, with how do they, how do they pursue um, their heart's desires in the in the face of their social constraints and in the face of yeah. the loss of their father and I'm, I don't know for whatever reason I'm drawn to those stories and I think sometimes it's because they're so far away um, kind of culturally that they be, it becomes um, you know yeah. I don't know an easier entry point it's a, it's a different world yeah it's it a is different world. you can sort of very much keep yourself outside of it and look at it from the outside in and, and kind of go, well, what is this exactly? Yeah. What's going on here? Without, why, why can't they personal? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I find that to be a bit of a, it's a relief. Yeah, it is. Um, You've kind of given permission to lean in. For sure. Was there something in, uh, is there something in particular that you really enjoy about Hamill's uh, adaptation? Is it just sort of updated language or, or is there just mm, a- well a, a lot of the language is updated and then uh, quite conversely a lot of it isn't so it's this wonderful interplay or dialogue between a kind of more modernized take on uh, on the dialogue and then suddenly you'll get pure austin mm. nice and it's and so it's it's this really beautifully interwoven kind of different different colors different cultures interacting with each other on the page. I'm not sure how to explain it, but the language is very contemporary and very accessible. Right. And I think that's a big um, a triumph of this particular uh, uh, adaptation. And yeah. she also did uh, Pride and Prejudice as well. How do you take this very dense, yeah. extremely wordy, um, <laughs> kind of labyrinth of a, of, a, of a romance and condense it for the stage? Mm-hmm. And for... In, in Kate Hamill's case, what she's done is she's used this kind of narrative framing device. It's these, these co- um, chorus of gossips who are kind oh. of, yeah, they're gossips. So they're like, they're like, they're, they're all hanging out and gossiping about <laughs> them, everything that was, that's going on. Yeah, because that, that was a big thing at that time was, yeah, yeah but the yeah. gossip could just like yeah. ruin you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so it's, um, so she, what she's done is she's, it's kind of like a Greek chorus of, awesome. of, of characters. And in our version of it, these, these characters are simply delineated by holding a fan. 
So they're they'll hold the fan up to their to their face and then oh, yeah, they'll yeah. bring it down to speak and they'll hold it back up again. So mm-hmm. the audience gets the sense of ah. Your question was what was it about this particular adaptation? And the thing about this particular adaptation that I love as a framing device are these this Greek chorus of gossips. Yeah. And how they comment continually on society and they're not necessarily malevolent. They're they're not nice, but they're not necessarily malevolent either. They're just having a good time. Yeah. Okay. And okay. They, they, they are like remoras on the shark of English society. And they, anytime there's a little morsel of flesh and blood, they eat that up. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's one of the things that I love about this particular, particular adaptation. So this is for someone who, who doesn't know, this is still set in the 1800s. Yep. And it's it's true Jane Austen only with updated language. And it sounds like when I had read uh, some of the articles about about Kate and writing this is that she wanted to create really good opportunities for for female actors. Yes. So how have how have has that is that any different than what you've seen before when you when you've seen this as a play? Or is it about the same the same amount of women, the same amount of, you know. I think, I mean, if I, rem- I remember a conversation that Kate Hamill had about this, and then she, Kate Hamill is is an actor, a very successful actor who mm-hmm. is um, who is classically trained and a lover of 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 of, uh, of you know Shakespeare, for example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she had felt that I I love these plays, but there's not. I want more roles for me. Yeah. And what what are the stories that I can mine and that I'm interested in mm-hmm. that can create more roles for 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 actors like me um for women. Right. And so true to true to that the the, the major the dominant roles in this are 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 sense, Eleanor and sensibility, Marianne. Sure. Yeah. And just a way for her to be able to kind of revive the classics and make it more yeah, a bit more palpable for for modern audiences, so that it continues. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, make it and there's a it's a it's a real folks. wonderful way of kind of bridging the gap. Yeah. I'm sorry. What did you say? It, it makes it more approachable, especially for younger yeah. folks or for people who may not be regular theater goers, but they mm-hmm. recognize the title. Oh, Sense and Sensibility. They've mm-hmm. heard of that exactly. You know. Right. Yeah. 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 So, what's been one of your biggest challenges that you've had in this production? Yes. Has there been like a or is it is it still too much ongoing? <laughs> locations, <laughs> locations, locations. Yes, the play is the play is episodic, um, and there are forty. I, I think my my scenic designer said there are forty seven different locations. Oh are wow! Are there really that many? So you're using yeah. a lot of lights then for your. Well, yes, exactly. Yeah. Lights and scenic elements to differentiate place to place, and after a while, um, you know. I think I, I made the directorial decision that most American audiences or most audiences here aren't going to really care about the difference between Norland Park and Barton Park and um, Devonshire. Mm-hmm. It's just what they need to know is that they're in a different place now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Okay. And that place has certain resonances for each character. So, for example, when the Dashwood family, the, when the when the patriarch, John, uh, Mr. Dashwood, passes away um the 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 mom 
Mrs. Dashwood and the and the daughters Eleanor, Marianne, and Margaret are are forced to move out of their home because of um because of inheritance law inheritance laws. Okay. So John, Mr. Dashwood had a son from a previous marriage, and because women women couldn't inherit, all his estate went to his son from the previous marriage, and so his wife, Mrs. Dashwood, is left with nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And so what do they do? Well, they end up having to, they have to move to a, a, a cousin's uh, a spare cottage um, on, on his uh, uh, property, which is in Devonshire, which is, I can't remember the exact distance, but it's a long way away from where they were. Right. And so they have to take a journey to this new place, this new environment, this new culture. And um, what it was more, the most important thing to me wasn't necessarily that where they were moving to in Devonshire, but that they were moving to something that was unfamiliar to them. Okay. Something that was a, a smaller, something that, um, that was an alien kind of environment, friendly, but still new to them. But different, yeah. So what was the, what are the challenges? The, the locations. Yeah. Absolutely. Gosh, locations, like, locations. Cow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's quite a bit. That's insane. That is insane. So yeah, I know forty-seven. So I thought, I do I do I hold? Do I have you know? Do I have somebody hold up a placard and say, and now we're in Cleveland? I, I know. And I, now I, we're. Yeah. I, I can't imagine trying to tackle that. Uh, so really, it became less about that and more about now we're in a new place. It's just okay. And now we're back in the place that we just were a couple of scenes ago. Okay. That the scenic elements and the lighting help us identify that we're in a different environment. Wow. Okay. And it's more about the relationships than... Absolutely. Yeah, kind of hewing to that as opposed to the locations. Because at first, I went down the path of investigating whether or not I could do that. And I, no, I I think that after a while, unless it's an English audience, you're not going to... All these place names are going to wash over you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. Interesting that she she did keep all of that uh, in the adaptation. She didn't make any changes to it. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) So in some ways, it's kind of a, you know, it's so, the, the scenes are, are quite short. Um, that's another challenge. So they, okay. they rise and fall quickly. Um, but they're extremely comprehensible, mm-hmm. you know. And at the heart of all this is a romantic comedy. Right. Yeah. You know, a kind of prototypical romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, and... I bet the costumes are just amazing. <laughs> yeah, we we so. just got them. I I'd love to see all of them. Uh, we, we just got them this weekend, so um, we're almost there. But yeah, some re- pure straight ahead Regency era costumes. Wow, I love yeah. those. Yeah, I, yeah, I me mean, too. I I like a a whole and your season uh, is kind of that way. It's it's kind of a gamut of new and old, and and I like that. I like to be yeah, able to see Yeah, me too. That. Because, you know, it's it's really hard to get to theater, especially if you're in theater. It's hard to get to theater. And you want to see everything and say, oh, yeah, I saw that. But there, I was just thinking about that today. No one can expect that everyone has seen everything. I mean, no. I suppose yeah. there are people out there that can, but it's yeah. really difficult to do unless, you know, you just 
are just made of money and you can yeah. <laughs> go to theater right. every day. Yeah. yeah. So. But if you're working in the theater and you're not on one production, you can't see the other. I mean, I there are a couple of productions that are that are happening right now that I would just won't be able to see. Yeah. I know. Uh, um, J.D. Madsen, for example, is a scenic designer on on faculty, and he directed um, uh, Young Frankenstein. Oh at, yes. Oh gosh, now I'm going to forget the location. Sorry, J.D., if you're listening to this. Uh, I'm sorry. Was that, that Nebraska was Communities? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was it. Yeah. Yes. And that just closed. And I, you know, I was busy rehearsing. So yeah, I know what, we were busy too. That's we what happened. We had a friend in there as well, and I kept we kept meaning to get there, yes. and it just didn't yeah. happen. I know. And, well, and unless your friends are in your production, it seems like you never get to see. Them that's what happens when you have rehearsal six nights a week I and know. work five yes. days a week. <laughs> uh, there you go. So true. So true. Yeah, but I I love this because. You really are giving your your season your season patrons an opportunity to see just a lot of different kinds of things. So yeah, I'm I'm that. super excited about the season. I think it's um I can't take credit for it. It was a kind of a group effort, but yeah, I think it's very eclectic and fun yeah. and challenging in different ways. Yeah, um, nothing, yeah, nothing wrong with a group effort. I think sometimes it's good no. to have all those different perspectives. Now, as as far as um, your uh, being an assistant professor of practice and acting, um, mm-hmm. what uh, what kind of classes do you have? Practice and acting is it just straight up acting classes or? Yeah, I'm I'm I I teach I teach the wide range of acting classes. So in okay. my time here, I've taught um, I've taught acting for non majors, but I've also taught um, um, audition techniques and professional prep for. Or students who are seeking to leave this and go to a bigger market, leave leave Lincoln, go to a bigger market, and sure. ply their craft as as actors and try to see to eke out some dollars out of this thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's that. I teach um acting Shakespeare. I teach styles. Yeah. So um because I like to I, I like to make sure that the students have a kind of a broad based theatrical education. Mm-hmm. And styles is one way to incorporate that. So in the styles class, I'll teach a unit on Anton Chekhov, but also teach a unit on Greek chorus. And I teach a unit on um, on Moliere oh. as well oh, um, yeah, yeah. because I love the challenge of – it's kind of a um, – That would be fascinating. Interestingly, uh, uh, that world of the kind of the, the, the foundation of – of, of situational comedy is there with Moliere. And then yeah. there's a line that you can draw from that era of French theater to, um, to uh, 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 the rest- restoration in England and then what evolves out of that. Mm. Um, at the, at one, and one of those branches are these uh, culturally or are, are, are is the Regency era, Regency era, mm. not just dramas, but novels like Jane Austen. So there's, yeah. there's linkages everywhere. Wow. One of the things I always I loved about that. Moliere was that some of his stuff comes off. I, I, I always wonder why he hasn't done more because so much of his stuff to me comes off as 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 almost like a sitcom, uh, yeah, style stuff. And, and yeah, I, and I just don't know why it's not more popular. It's like God, yeah, because it really is stuff. like it's situational great. comedy. Yes, yeah, it's, it's so situational good. comedy. I think I think Moliere is like one. In, even in translation in English, I have no. I, I don't speak French, so I couldn't say right. speak to that. But he's so funny in English. Yes, he is. At uh, I think the super useful thing about yeah. it is that there are there are each society has rules for survival, and as an actor, you have to understand. You have to know what are the best questions to ask. Mm. 
when you're doing a play of a different culture. Yeah. Um, um, and, and some of those are, what, what do I need to do to survive? What does the character do to survive mm -hmm. in this culture? Yeah. How is it different from ours? Right. And then just because you're an actor, you yeah. get to embrace that and go, okay, it's oh, like this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm like yeah. this now. Yeah. yeah. And uh, mm. and no, I find that fascinating, especially uh, when you get to consult with people who uh, really know about it, because a lot of times you don't even know what questions to ask sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so it's kind of fascinating getting into new stuff. And because at first, some of this stuff, I'm not even sure you know, some stuff I get into, I'm not even sure what questions to ask yet until you actually get into it. And then you're like, okay, right. now I know what questions yeah. to ask. Now I know, mm -hmm. okay, I got a better idea of what I should be thinking about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of like, that's what essentially that's what styles training is. It's I'm, I'm in a different world. What are the rules? What are the rules of this world? Yeah. And how does my character navigate to survive in this world? And I noticed in your bio that you have taught a lot of classical acting as well. So yes. that's probably one of the reasons that you wanted to direct this play. Yeah, I, I suppose it. I suppose it is. I, I, I'm, I'm, I kind of. I don't know why it's the case, but I guess I'm a bit of an Anglophile. That's all um, right. And um, and but but yeah, but it, what do I want to say? For me, early in my career, um, I mean, I guess I'll say that I, I, I've always been interested in, 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 in language-rich plays. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, in which the, the, the world of the play is fashioned by um, the text. And, and as a consequence, I'm kind of a natural Shakespearean and uh, yes. so by 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 proclivity and and passion as well as by training um i'll always remember being you know, i was 16 years old and i was living in australia because my mom married an australian oh, and okay. i was in english class and everybody was making fun of me because of my american accent oh. and um <laughs> we started reading um, the merchant of venice and the opening lines of The Merchant of Venice are something like, In sooth, I know not why I am so sad. Mm. It wearies me. Um, and when I read that as a 16-year-old alone and feeling lonely and mm -hmm. kind of depressed in my teen angst, it just hit me like a, a sledgehammer. Mm. And um, I think ever since then I've been, I've been a, a Shakespearean. Oh, wow. And yeah. so as a consequence, you know, wor worlds which are related to that, worlds like the English Regency period, are somehow attractive to me, even yeah. though I don't have personally anything to do with them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Fair enough. Well, so, yeah. yeah. I, I, Here we are in our American selves, and why are we so interested in this stuff? I know. Well, it, uh, yeah. It's yeah. fascinating. Well, good... Did you ever get a chance to do The Merchant Venice? No, I haven't yet. Because you've done a lot of Shakespeare. Yeah, but I haven't done Merchant. I haven't done Merchant. Okay. No. The one that sort of set you off. You haven't been able yeah. to. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, need to get yeah. back to that. That's, that's yeah, I know. It would be nice. It's on the goal list. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's out there. <laughs> I spent the last couple summers at the Illinois Shakespeare Festival. Mm. Yeah, uh, I saw that. I added some of those plays to my list. So that's been, right. that's been lovely. That uh, relationship yeah. has worked out. For sure. That's what a person needs to do. 
Let's go to festivals. They can get a little bit of everything like that. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Um, what's uh, merch of Venice aside? Mm-hmm. What's what's a, what's a Shakespeare play you haven't done yet that you would very much like to do? You're just waiting for somebody to go. Oh, please do this! I want to go audition for this mm, one. Well, I just did the Tempest. Ooh, I I'd love to do the Winter's Tale again. Mm. Um, I haven't done. I guess I can say it here because I'm not in the theater. Macbeth, <laughs> and, um, a full production of Macbeth and almost 20 years so i really want to do that oh yes that'd be cool um i mean you name it i've never been in titus andronicus Ooh. i'd love to do something that wild and yeah that is thirsty. insane yes. I, and i and here's 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 a big one i've never been in julius caesar I, that is, that's you know, my favorite one I yeah love, and i've love. never i've never been in it it drives oh. me nuts oh here's another one i should say i should add this to the list so i i've done a lot of scenes from these plays but I've never been in a full production of Hamlet, for example. Oh. No, man. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I, I presume that I will end up um, directing it before I am in it. Be- before you're in it, it. yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, there's, about, a, there's, a, there's a long list. What about Jane Austen? Is there anything else that you'd like to direct of hers? I mean, Pride and Prejudice. Do, yeah. yeah. With puppets. <laughs> no. Actually, the weird thing is I'm not a puppet guy. Um, but I've ended up, you know, I d- d- directed the Very Hungry Caterpillar show and yeah. puppets appear elsewhere. I love it. Yeah, that would be a good one as well. And the more you learn about Jane Austen, it's it's I, I think I know more about Jane Austen herself than her actual books and and plays mm. and movies as such. Fascinating but. person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very. Yeah, very. Sure. And it would really suck to be a woman in her time. <laughs> I just right? say that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Officially. yeah. Officially. And that's what I think is so wonderful about some of her stories is that they give a voice mm-hmm. to these to these women and to yeah. uh, their lives. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's in- incredible yeah. kind of yeah, yeah, cultural and present. And it's nice that they continually... Uh, are getting updated and sort of represented to uh-huh. new mm-hmm. generations to to sort of latch on to because they are such good stories. Yeah, if she could only see, you know, what her work ended up doing. I always Yeah, feel yeah. how many young women has she influenced over the years? That don't good get Lord. to see mm-hmm. how they influenced, you know, the ages to come and and if she were a man, she may have uh made a lot more money and, you know, she would have mm-hmm. been in a lot better financial situation at the end. Yeah, yeah maybe. Maybe. So, women yeah. power. Let's <laughs> tell the stories there of we Jane go. Austen. Okay. <laughs> well, this is an exciting play. We are just yes. so honored to meet you and to yes. talk to you about it. Very nice to meet you. And I think it's going to be too. a really a really fun play. And so for all those couples out there, that yes. the... the, the one couple doesn't. One person doesn't want to see this particular show. You're here to say that that's right. It's still a very good show. So go. See oh it. my gosh, there's <laughs> it's it's romantic comedy. There's something mm-hmm. for everyone. I mean, uh, I, I was thinking today about Edward Ferris, the character of Edward Ferris, who is the love interest of 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 Eleanor Dashwood, and just how how painfully awkward he is. Mm. And mm-hmm. how relatable that is. Mm-hmm. He's constantly interrupting himself to try and say the right thing and always <laughs> failing epically. And I, and I think that, that he's such a guy 
that um, yeah. he's he's kind of flabbergasted um, yeah. uh, at at um, his own heart and doesn't know how to talk doesn't know how to talk to to girls yeah <laughs> and I think that is something that uh, you know if there are reluctant spouses out there. Um, men in particular who, who don't want to go to the theater, there's, there's, there, you can see yourself in that. You will see yourself in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, that's what good stories always do and good theater always does is you can see a reflection of you yeah. um, exactly. in the journeys of these characters. And mm-hmm. I think that's wonderful. And Jane Austen is an incomparable storyteller. Mm-hmm. And sure. you know we're lucky to have her be kind of uh, uh, working in her lineage. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, what an honor it is to talk to you about this and all the things that you do there um, at the Johnny Carson School of Theater and Film and all the lucky students who get to learn from you. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> I don't know that they would agree. Maybe a couple of them would. <laughs> well, I think it'd be but great. I appreciate that. All right. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you for talking with us. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you Absolutely. Very much. My pleasure. Thank you for listening and supporting the arts in the Platte River area and beyond. Please subscribe to our podcast so you are sure to catch all of our future episodes and join us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See you next time on the Platte River Bard.